Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. As we fire up the second year of Album for the Day, we do a little pivot. Mm. We've been doing a different album every day uh, for a year. Mm -hmm. And um, so there's 360 (laughs) something of those for you if you want to go check those out. Um, We're going to be focusing still on albums But in the context of the people who are on the albums and the contributors who made the albums what they were. And I think that's really what breaks down the whole music scene of what we're doing here is just it really gets the backstory of who the people are creating the music that we've grown to love over the years. We've found a bunch of new people that we get to talk about, which is exciting for me. People I didn't even know who were on some of the most fantastic albums ever played. And you know the music, and you've heard it, and... Now it's time to get to know the artists. Yeah. Album for the Day today brings you another story of a person behind the albums. And I would say he crammed a lot of albums into his short uh, production period, but Lee Morgan really set a standard while he was here. He was one of the quintessential Blue Note artists that really changed how people listen to jazz music. Um, he was key uh, in the hard bop movement, um, trumpet player. Uh, I mean, he started recording when he was 18 with Dizzy Gillespie. I mean, think just just think about that. 18 years old playing with Dizzy. And then John Coltrane. And then Colt did Blue Train when he was 19 years old with Coltrane. And he played, Dizzy Gillespie gave him a bent bell trumpet to play, and that's the instrument that he played on Blue Train. Hmm. Um, and the dude was just an absolute legend, absolute beast on the trumpet. However,. He yeah. died at the same age as Jesus Christ, <laughs> 33. Yes, he did. And he did not come back. No, no, he did not. Oh. Uh, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be really difficult for him to come back from that one. No, there's too many witnesses. Yeah, too many witnesses. But yeah, uh, so he, he learned, uh, well, he didn't learn how to play. He wa- he got lessons from Clifford Brown, um, who was his. It was his first teacher, um, which that says a lot to me about you know Lee Morgan. Like if you're learning from Clifford Brown, dude, you're you're on the right track. Well, um, sometimes it's not about being the best as much as it's about knowing the best. Oh, and everybody wanted to play with Clifford. Clifford was young, and Clifford died early too. Clifford was only like, I think he was like 28, 29 when he died. I mean, Lee Morgan died in 72. Mm -hmm. I would say that was around that period. I mean, I don't know that I'd say it started in 68. It might have started earlier. But, you know, there was definitely a lot of killing Uh of famous folks. Uh in the 60s, moved into the 70s. And I'd say that, you know, 
I mean, Sam Cooke. I mean, the, the list is long. Oh, it's huge. Of tragic Marvin Gaye. Um, that even stretched in the 80s, didn't it? Yeah. And I just think that this is just one more thing, even though I will say he's a very unique case uh, out of all those other ones. But Oh, yeah. But honestly, they were all kind of like crimes of passion. <laughs> this definitely doesn't was. doesn't matter who it was involved in any of those that I just named. It was some sort of a passionate uh, oh, issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, like the good part about Lee Morgan's life, we got 25 of his solo albums just on Blue Note. You know, like. 25 records. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. He crammed a that's lot, a lot into of a short stuff. Period. That's a lot of writing and a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of stuff. I mean, and 1963's Sidewinder is the one that, if I were to recommend an album to start with, um, 1963's Sidewinder, 1964's Search for the New Land, and 1965's Cornbread. I read about Sidewinder and I listened to it too, and it's definitely it's a good place to jump in oh, to the unfamiliar, which I was. Um, but what I'll say is, there's also a big aspect of growth that you can hear oh, man. throughout. So paying attention definitely you don't have to listen to it chronologically no however be mindful of it when you listen to what you listen to because his growth is just splattered all over the vinyl oh it's so good and it's so his writing style kind of changed over the years from um almost a little bit reserved especially in the beginning um of the albums like if when you put on uh search for the new land it's very, very toned down in the beginning, and it like it picks up steam as the album goes, and that's kind of where a lot of his albums were in the very beginning. And I mean, I guess 1964 is kind of in the middle of his career, really. And Sidewinder is what really turned the table for him. Um, it actually had um, it was kind of a crossover hit uh, because it actually charted on the pop and R and B charts. Um, that was very unique which for that's, jazz that's, or that's blues. That's almost unheard of. Yeah, it's it, almost it unheard never of. never happened. And I, I don't want to take anything away from it because that's an amazing accomplishment. Crossing over at all yeah. when they had just like drawn the divisions, crossing over was almost impossible yeah. because they had made the divisions very specific. But I think that it's important to say that when he broke over with that, it was almost in some way, and I don't mean this derogatory, it was almost kind of a novelty. No, I could, uh, yeah. They, well, they put it in a car commercial, yeah, is one of the big things, and he got pissed. He was like, dude, I'm not here to sell cars, I'm here to like, I'm here to make music, you know. And it was one of those things where I was just like, To me, it's cool to hear of an artist being like, you know what? Like, no, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to do my thing. I'm here to make my music and my art and make it as best as I can. And if you're trying to use that to just sell your Cadillacs, then I'm out. 
and he like threatened lawsuits and all this other stuff and they finally pulled the commercials and all that which is you know like good for them um it's a far different story than steve winwood um very much so however but but, there's no judgment from album for the day no no on anybody for that because uh God well, knows we don't make any money. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, and it's funny to me as well because like that's 1964. All right, so the dude basically he started in like 1956, 57 ish. Um, I think they said his active year started in 56. 56? Because I know uh, Blue Train was in 56, but he started with Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers in 57. He played with Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers from 57 to 61. And they did uh, everything from like Monin, which if you're know if you if you're into jazz, that's one of the heavy hitters. And like the, that's actually how I discovered lee morgan was uh one thing i do with jazz records is i'll buy a record and if i like it i find out who's on the record and then i go look up their stuff and then i find that you know whatever and then i look up who's on that record and it's always different people that's really the it's, only yeah. way to navigate your way through yeah. jazz land oh man i used to do that with um you know rock albums all the time like when we were growing up separately <laughs> yeah um but it'd be like, who is Bob Clearmountain? Yeah. Who is uh, Rick Rubin? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Who is? Yeah. And that's the best way to to figure out jazz is that same way where you you have to say okay who and the same way with uh, Art Blakey. And y'all got it easy now, man. Yeah, Wikipedia. Copy and paste a name. Yeah, yeah, but it was like that's also like Hank Mobley is another name that came up when I was listening, and and it was like ooh Hank Mobley what who's that and then you go listen to his album soul stirring and you're like holy crap this dude is amazing you listen to his album dippin who lee morgan plays on and you're like dude this is legit like and he also played with wayne shorter uh he was on the album night dreamer uh he played on uh dippin from hank mobley uh caddy for daddy hank mobley uh slice of the top from hank mobley he played with McCoy Tyner on the album Tender Moments. He played with Elvin Jones on the Prime Element. Um, I mean, the dude—he was just—he was all over it, and it was—it was—it was really, it's, you know, it's—it's it's really tragic that he—that he literally got shot down in New York at such a young age. So it, it is, but it isn't because you know. We all make choices, mm. and there's consequences to everybody's choices. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think you'll agree that uh, we probably got more out of Lee Morgan than we probably should have. I will 100% agree with you there, because and he had an insane 
heroin addiction as well. So Lee Morgan felt like he couldn't be creative without heroin. Yeah. However, Art Blakey introduced him to also when he was 19 years old. So Helen Morgan, his common law wife, um, shot him in front of a bunch of witnesses at a set break in New York. In the club. Yeah. Slug's Slug Saloon in 1972. And waited for the cops to come and uh, served her time and moved back to North Carolina with family. And she was essentially known as, you know, the the church-going grandma, mom, whatever, uh, and nobody except some of her family knew anything about her story and she died of congestive heart failure in the mid 90s I think it was 96 and she granted one interview one interview and this has got to be one of the greatest things I've read in years it's really fantastic Larry Rennie Thomas Mm -hmm. is the name of the man who interviewed uh, Helen Morgan just before she died, and they made a movie that, no doubt... Uh, uh, it is fantastic. Casper Collins uh, did an absolutely brilliant job piecing together this story years after she passed. Um, and it's called I Called Him Morgan. Um Absolutely brilliant documentary. Highly recommend watching it. But the long and short, uh, and then you can fill in the blanks with the movie, is that anytime that she uh, would get him clean again, uh, he managed to feel like he needed to be more creative again. Mm. And that cycle perpetuated enough times that it started including another woman mm-hmm. and at some point everybody's got a breaking point her breaking point just happened to involve a revolver <laughs> it did it did i think my favorite thing about i and i i have not watched the movie well the crazy the, the crazy part about the whole thing is it was a death he should not have actually died um, but there was an, it, just a crazy snowfall that evening. And so when she shot him in between set break, the ambulance could not get through the snow. So he literally laid on the stage and bled to death while the ambulance was trying to get through New York City snow. But they could not make it there. And he clearly can't walk. He just got shot. Again, the snow and ice came into play when uh, she went into the club to confront him. Mm -hmm. And when they threw her out of the club onto the street, Mm -hmm. her bag fell and the gun fell out of the bag. And she picked it up and goes up to the bouncer and was like, I'm going back in there. He was like, yes, Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Go on. And then she proceeded to gun him down right on the stage, right at set break. There it was. But, you know, it's a a compelling story. 
It's an amazing story. And, uh, and, and, and he's one of the most amazing trumpet players to ever live. And it's one of those things where it's just like, man, you know, it's almost that thing of like, man, I'm glad we got what we did. But what else could we have gotten if, you know, he would well, have. But it's funny that you mentioned that, dude, yeah. because I read at the very end of the article, um, Helen told Larry in the interview that even though what happened happened, somebody at the funeral in front of everybody said, we all know what happened, but we all still need to recognize Helen because if it weren't for Helen, we would have lost him a long time ago. Because of Helen, we were able to have a number of additional great years with Lee. Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, man. It's heavy. You know what, it's though? Heavy. Nobody said a thing because they all knew mm-hmm. exactly what he said was spot on. Truth. Yeah. And the truth. For of all its impudent absurdities, has no reason to masquerade itself as the truth, for it is true. And it shall set you free. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I love the story of Lee Morgan, and man, he's one of my all-time favorite jazz musicians, uh, particularly hard bop uh, trumpet players. Who, that's the jam for me is hard bop trumpet. Um, those dudes were legit. But uh, Lee Morgan, um, artist for the day, for album for the day. Um, uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter at album the number for the day. Give us a follow, subscribe wherever you listen. And uh, if you've got any requests, shoot us an email at albumfortheday at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we will see you when we see you. Do, 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 do. That's Dexter Morgan. It may be the wrong Morgan, but it's still a Morgan. (laughs) After starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to queue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woohoo!